Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. In these days of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're disseminating as much high-quality, evidence-based information and expert opinion about the situation as we can in our special COVID-19 episodes. This episode is a special interview, not 100% COVID-related, so please tune in to our special COVID episodes for more information on the pandemic and how we at Nurse Keith Nation are responding to it. What is nephrology nursing? Why should you understand it? And how does it relate to the current COVID-19 pandemic? Let's talk all about it right here on episode 272 with my friend and colleague, Lillian Pryor, right here on The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I love having you along for the ride. Whether you're new to the show or you've been on this journey with me for months or years, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, technology, and beyond. Today, we are welcoming my colleague and friend, Lillian Pryor, MSN, RN, CNN. Lillian, it's so nice to have you here. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me on, Keith. And how are you today? I'm doing fair. I'm being really honest these days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is March 29th, 2020. So folks know when this was recorded and we're in the middle of the pandemic and the pandemic is definitely escalating in the United States and other countries like Spain, specifically. Spain is in pretty bad shape right now. So, you know, I've been talking about how we're all in a global grieving process, and I find myself personally toggling between all five stages yes. <laughs> throughout the course of each day, sometimes within the course of several hours, acceptance, mm -hmm. bargaining, denial, depression, you know, you, you name it, I'm there, and then I'm not there, and then I'm there again. So <laughs> you and your loved ones are probably in a similar state, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think just because also we're being asked to do something that we normally wouldn't do. Yes. And it's funny when you're asked, usually if you'll, you'll stay home and it's okay, it's not a problem. Right. But when you're told that you should stay home, all of a sudden you feel like you have to go out. So it's, it's funny <laughs> how that's working. <laughs> it's so ironic. And, you know, we're Americans and, you know, it's the spirit that built the West, right? And we're all very individualistic for the most part. And I feel like we are having a moment in history where we're having a we're having a potential for an awakening to the necessity for possibly more communitarian thinking. My wife and I are lifelong communitarians. We've even lived in communes and intentional communities. So we, that's part of how we live our lives. But I think a lot of Americans haven't really thought about that. And the idea of even, let me say the dirty word, socialism is very scary to people. Though I have to admit, Medicare and Social Security are very socialist types of programs. So whether people want to accept that or not, I mean, that's really true. It's the government taking care of people. Of people, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, speaking of the government taking care of people, you work at 
the Veterans Administration in Atlanta, right? It's the Atlanta VA Medical Center. Uh, my sister lives in Norcross and my niece lives in downtown Atlanta. She was just married recently by Zoom because we couldn't be there. And what is going on at the at the VA in general. And then we're going to talk about your specialty of nephrology because it's fascinating. And I've always loved nephrology since I was a nursing student. Actually, since anatomy and physiology, I thought kidneys were amazing. So first, tell us just a couple things that you observe in terms of how the VA is approaching COVID-19 just in general, general sense. Sure. So the VA like many other of the hospitals in the Atlanta area, are figuring out and pretty successfully figuring out the best way to screen patients, um, but at the same time, allow those patients that are in need with other than the COVID-19, the ability to, to receive the care that they need. Particularly um, with our veterans, um, we have a process that we've set up where we have a tent set up just to pre-screen, ask a couple of questions, check temperatures and so on and so forth, and then allow entrance. We've separated the entrances from between, you know, between patients and the staff um, so that we are trying to, I guess, social distance as we're required to as much as possible, but yet still allow the care uh, that the veterans need to receive in, in a timely fashion and in a fashion that's not crazed. Um, that's very calming and that's very assuring that we're taking the time to make sure that you're safe and we're safe, um, but still allowing you to come and get care and know that you can come. It's not like stay away. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. I have, I've had many friends who've been veterans over the years. Uh, my father-in-law was a full bird colonel in mm -hmm. the army and he was buried in a national cemetery near near Dallas, near Austin. And my nephew is currently in ranger training down in the swamps of Florida. Wow. Uh, that's my brother-in-law's son mm -hmm. and he's in his early 20s. And I have other friends whose kids are in various forms of the military. So I have a lot of respect for all the branches, including the National Guard too, yeah. and, and the reserves. And it's a very important function for a society. And I want to thank you, first of all, for working for the VA for, for how many years now? I'm actually new to the VA. It'll be two years. Two years. Yes. And you've been a nephrology nurse for t over 29. Yes. So yes. you've been around the block. And <laughs> thank you for working with veterans. That's a wonderful service. They've done their service and now we need to serve them. Absolutely. And we could talk about, you know, all the different struggles and challenges faced by veterans, and we can get into that a little bit. But I really want to talk about nephrology because mm -hmm. it's important for nurses to understand nephrology. And I think it's fascinating and very complicated. And like I said at the top of the show, when I was in A&P and we were dissecting kidneys and other organs and studying the nephrological system, I guess you might say, if that's a term, right. um, or the kidney and all the things <laughs> attached to it. I was fascinated by the nephron units and the glomerulus, which I could never pronounce well, and the loop of Henle and all the stuff going on. And 
Right. You know, learning that all the blood in the body goes through the kidney and that's where urine comes from and gets, you know, it's the waste products through as the blood goes through all those, like, what is it? The pelvises within the, the yeah. nephron units. Yes. Yes, arterioles and the tubules and tubules oh. <laughs> and the um, you know, and the potassium sparing diuretics and the ones that don't spare potassium. Yes. Oh my gosh! Yes. So, what is fascinating to you about nephrology and why have you been doing it for nigh on three decades? The kidney, I think, is the just as you mentioned. It touches it to me. It's more of the heart of the body mm. than the heart is. Um, mm. It touches every single system. 25%, first of all, of the cardiac output goes to support the kidney. 25% yes. of the cardiac output? Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. And just as you said, the blood fully goes through that kidney. We filter everything that kidney filters, I'd say we, right? I'm so uh, entrenched with the kidney. <laughs> it's like a you part of me. We. <laughs> but it, it filters that blood um, 24 hours a day. And so it removes and it knows to remove what the body does not need, but it knows to keep what the body needs and to reuse it. And then it just eliminates all of that waste. It's just, it's amazing. Um, and it, it allows our body to have that equilibrium that it needs throughout the day. Amazing. And, you know, how many, is it nephron units are in the kidney? Yes, there are a million in each kidney. And, and it's called a nephron unit, it is. right? Yes, yes. Wow. So we have 2 million nephron units and right. things I learned that I remember from nursing school years ago is that, you know, in a diabetic, when the glucose, the blood glucose is high mm -hmm. and you have lots of glucose molecules circulating in the blood mm -hmm. and all the blood goes through all those little tiny, pretty much microscopic nephron units, right? Absolutely. So those glucose molecules damage those tubules, right? Yes. Yes, they can. And so it, it happens over a longer period of time. So it's very important that you, if you are diabetic and hypertensive as well, um, the pressure caused from hypertension causes that blood flow as well as the, the glucose and, and the diabetic um, condition causes that blood flow to not be as, as good to those mm. nephrons. And so they're destroyed. And once those nephrons are destroyed, they cannot be replaced. And it happens, right. it happens so that you don't notice and you don't recognize. And so you don't necessarily feel bad as this is mm -hmm. happening. And you won't feel bad until enough of those nephrons have been destroyed and that cannot be replaced that you'll start to feel some of the, the symptoms from the destruction. Now, a layperson or a, or a novice nurse or, mm -hmm. or a nurse who just doesn't understand the system very well might say, well, you know, there's a million in each kidney. So, you know, if my diabetes is not quite under control, my A1C is, you know, more like a six or seven or eight, mm -hmm. there's still a million. So, I mean, how many do I have to destroy in order to actually start moving into renal disease? So there are different stages of chronic kidney disease, and it ranges from stage one all the way through end-stage kidney disease, which is stage five. 
and the percentage of those nephrons or the percentage of the function of the kidney, when it reaches around 30% of the nephrons um, that you have left and the 70% have been destroyed, you'll start feeling some of those symptoms um, and, and some of those effects of, of what happens. And then it, it kind of goes downhill from there, but we have ways of putting it off. Goes all downhill from there. Okay, so let's just talk about really quickly when the kidney starts to blow, okay. like when we're down to 50% remaining, 40%, 30%, we're moving into stage five right around here, right? So we're moving towards ESRD, end-stage renal disease. So when that happens, what is the cascade of organs that begin to follow suit? What goes next? So it may not necessarily uh, be the organs. The heart will definitely be involved. And okay you will notice some of the effect on the heart. However, end-stage kidney disease typically is defined as 15% or less of kidney function. And it's at this point that the symptomatology, the anemia, the shortness of breath, the accumulation of fluid um, in various parts of the body, your lungs, um, your, you know, your uh, hands, your feet, your ankles, those types of things. And also just the buildup um, of, of the toxins that the kidney is responsible for, for eliminating. We talked in the beginning about how the kidney knows to eliminate everything it doesn't need and to reuse and hold on to what it does. And when that kidney fails, those processes and, and that function of the kidney is, is destroyed. And so what happens is you start to build up those poisons that otherwise would have been eliminated. I see. Now, we're not going to go into the details of dialysis, but okay. every nurse knows that this is where dialysis has to start kicking in real hard because we need to basically, it's an artificial kidney and we're running the blood through a machine to mm -hmm. balance all those solutes and things like take out what needs to be taken out, put in what needs to be put in. Mm -hmm. And- so you're basically, this this giant kidney, or you're doing it through, what do you call it when someone does, does home dialysis? Sure, that, that's called uh, peritoneal. Oh, that's right. Sorry, my brain, my brain today. So peritoneal dialysis. So yes. here's a question for you then, in the age of COVID-19, and maybe I'll have you back sometime in the future to talk about dialysis. Maybe we'll do a dialysis show. That would be really okay. interesting because it's very complicated and we don't have enough time to really dive into what dialysis really is all about. So um, in the age of COVID-19, mm -hmm. where you know you want people who are seriously ill to stay home and go out as little as possible and decrease their exposure to potential viral infection and the pandemic, and maybe even influenza and other viruses. Mm -hmm. Is there, and I might be completely ignorant here, so please forgive me in advance. Is there a movement towards switching some people to peritoneal so they can do it at home? So that's an excellent question. And what I want to actually say about that is back in July, and we are going to get to the COVID-19. But back in July, the president actually signed an executive order. And the executive order was advancing American kidney health. And it 
it is related to exactly what you're talking about, an increase in the home part of the therapies, an increase in trying to get people transplanted, um, and then an increase actually in the education that's required so that we can put off people actually reaching that stage five chronic kidney disease for as long as possible. And so we are seeing, because of that executive order, um, there's been some movement to try to get people to home therapies. And by the way, peritoneal dialysis is one of the home therapies. You can also do hemodialysis, which is related to the blood, as a home therapy as well. You can? Yes, you can. That's news to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So there's that's something, you know, that we need to, again, the education. And we need to educate people long before they have to come up to make that decision so that mm. they might be able to choose which method would be best for them um, and to work best with their lives. Peritoneal, if you're still working and you want to work, that's something that you can, you can do at night. The, the treatment, you can hook yourself up to the machine at night wow. and do it all night and unhook yourself in the morning and go on and have your day. So interestingly, this executive order was in July of 2019, mm -hmm. right? We're now March mm -hmm. of 2020. And it was yes. in advance of any knowledge of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the timing couldn't be better for advances in home therapies and people doing various forms of dialysis or interventions at home, decreasing mm -hmm. the risk by having them not come out to the community. And I'm sure VA facilities are amazing in terms of their COVID-19 response, their cleanliness, their infection and sanitation control and hygiene and everything. However, yes. still, you still want to reduce risk. So if you have someone in ESRD or getting close to ESRD or maybe not even there yet, maybe they're mm -hmm. more than 50% function, still you want to keep them home because I yes. bet a lot of them have hypertension and diabetes and COPD and emphysema and right. maybe cancer or who knows. or, or Right. Lupus. It's so many, yes, so many other things. A TBI mm -hmm. and, you know, all sorts of reasons why you'd want them to stay home, right? Absolutely. Or immune compromise. So, that's really fascinating, and I definitely need to have you back now to talk about dialysis and all the forms, because mm -hmm. I'd like to dig much deeper into it, because it's so cool. I just think, I think that I think that the kidney is just like the bomb, so, um, <laughs> and I want to understand it myself. So we're going to have another conversation about the kidney and dialysis. So, Absolutely. so I'm sure the VA is doing an incredible job, and- mm -hmm. Tell us about what you do in your specific role at the Atlanta VA. What do you do day to day? So my role day to day at the Atlanta VA is actually in the renal clinic. And as we were talking about the education of the patients that are not yet at that stage five, that's what I do with my colleague. We um, bring them in and they're at different stages, anywhere from stage two through five. And we talk to them. We educate them. We review their lab work to see what they're doing, review the medications to make sure that they're on point, um, and ask them if they have any questions about anything. Um, as the kidney function starts to decline, um, we're able to recognize that and see that right away. We have uh, consults with the dietitian to kind of help them get through, okay, what's your diet? What are you eating? And what maybe you need to stay away from? 
maybe we need to change some of those medications. Not we, of course, um, the physicians, my providers, but those are the types of things that we talk to, to the patient. We have classes, educational classes that go through the different stages, as well as the different options that they have when they reach that final ESRD stage, uh, ESKD stage, so that they can make an informed decision about which mode or modality that they'd like to, that they think would work better for their lives. And then secondly, um, I just want to bring this back also, the American Nephrology Nurses Association, um, of which I'm the president, uh, has an awesome website. And we have awesome information um, for nephrology nurses as well as non-nephrology nurses. So just wanted to put that plug in there. And especially um, in the COVID-19 crisis and pandemic, uh, we have a special link and webpage that's available for information. Great. That'll be in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 272. Now, is it ANNA dot... So let me make sure I get it to you right. It's annanurse.org. Oh, okay. Annanurse.org. So anyone out there listening who wants to check it out, the, all the links will be in the show notes. So it's along with the special page for COVID-19 response um, from the ANNA. Mm -hmm. So you're the president of the ANNA, and I believe you're a published author. You contributed yes. articles to Nephrology Nursing Journal, chapters mm -hmm. in both the core curriculum and contemporary nephrology nursing, most recent editions. And are any of your articles that you've written for Nephrology Nursing Journal available to the public or do you have to pay? Is there a paywall to see those articles? Yes. Um, some of them you will be able to access. Um, most of the Nephrology Nursing Journal is part of our organization dues. Yeah, membership. And so, right, right. Yes. And so any edition um, or issue of the Nephrology mm -hmm. Nursing Journal is available and you can get to it from that from that web page. Great. And would if you would, wouldn't mind, if you could send me a link or two or three to some of your articles that don't have a paywall. So anyone okay. out there who would like to read something by Lillian Pryor can do so. Yes. Now, you're in MSN, RN, CNN, and that is not Cable News Network. That is Certified Nephrology Nurse? That's correct. I figured correct. so. I didn't think you worked for <laughs> CNN, but you never know. No. I mean, Sanjay Gupta works for them, right? So, right. And he right. has a great COVID-19 podcast that comes out very regularly, Sanjay mm -hmm. Gupta. So anyone who mm -hmm. wants to check out him, go for it. It's just a tangent. So as we wind down, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about COVID-19, the issues for patients mm -hmm. around COVID, and we all know the risks that nurses face around COVID. We talked about President Trump's executive order and the home therapy, kind of how you're elevating home therapies right. and making it safer and more accessible for people, veterans yes. and non-veterans, correct? Yes. Great. Yes. And I'm sure the, a, the VA is totally on that. I'm sure they're all over it yes. um, to keep their veterans safe. And mm -hmm. that's the VA's job. And I know they do an incredible service to our men and women who have served. So yeah. are there other roles that you play or would like to play at the VA? I'm sure there's lots of opportunities for leadership, for education, and I'm sure there's lots of ways to move within the VA. So are there things you can do at the Atlanta VA in your current position that you really have your eyes on or special projects around nephrology that you kind of 
are excited about these days or new innovations? Yes. So I am exactly, I guess, good or bad, exactly where I feel like I should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And the, the, the position that I do have allows me to do just what you said. I have a part in education. I have a part in hands-on with the patient. I can speak with the patient and their families. You know, when you are at that end-stage kidney disease, you, you will need an access. And so I talk about the vascular access that's needed for the patient in order to receive a dialysis treatment or the peritoneal catheter um, that the patient may want. We also have the ability to, to mention and to talk about um, end-of-life decisions. Mm. it's all encompassing. And so I have that opportunity, I think, at the Atlanta VA um, and otherwise to just open it up to not only the patients, but the patient's families and to help them understand and go through this journey. So I'm exactly where I want to be. And it it allows me to to use those skills and and to also just kind of deal with, especially with this COVID-19, because those that have um, in stage chronic disease, they cannot stay home. They have to come out and they have to get that treatment. That's their life-saving treatment. Mm. Um, and so just to be able to calm them down and for them to know that we're there to provide their treatments um, and we're going to do that regardless, it's just, it's amazing. Wonderful. Wow. That's a great service. And I can tell you and I are looking at each other right now mm-hmm. on Zoom and I can tell you know, we've talked on the phone several times already, mm-hmm. and I can tell you're a wonderful, beautiful soul, and you're doing great work in the world. You've been a nurse well over 30 years, right? Yes. 29 yes. in nephrology, but more not in nephrology, right? So yes, we have, yes. you have a lot well, under your belt. Yes. <laughs> yes. A lot of experiences, um, wonderful experiences. And I have to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be in any other specialty. Mm. Nephrology is, is it. Right. So if people want to find you, you know, you're not a nurse entrepreneur. You're not a um, person out there with a business. You're, you're a hardworking nurse at the Veterans Administration. Um, yeah. And we give a shout out to the VA all over the country and also especially the Atlanta VA where you're based. And yes. people can find you on LinkedIn. So we yes. will have a link to your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 272. And can someone reach out to you if they just have a question? Can they Absolutely. connect with you? And I recommend if you are listening and you want to connect with Lillian, when you click on connect on LinkedIn, write her a personal note. That's always important on LinkedIn anyway. Say why you want to connect with someone and say, hey, heard you on the Nurse Keith show would love to connect. Maybe, maybe you could say, I have a question for you about kidneys or dialysis. And St. Lillian sounds like you're open to that. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. That's wonderful. <laughs> and there might be, who knows, a nursing student or newly graduated novice nurse who's like, wow, I need to learn more about this because I love kidneys just like Keith talked about. So thank you for your service. Thanks for being here. We are going to have you on again maybe later in 2020 or in 2021 to dig deep into dialysis and kidney disease and kidney treatment and renal end stage renal disease treatment. Cause I just think it's fascinating and very important. Thank you. Thanks for having me on Keith. It was my pleasure.
Thanks for being here, Lillian. You are just awesome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. And remember, those show notes are going to be at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 272. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. And please take inspired action every day in the interest of your personal and professional satisfaction and happiness. And remember to reach out to Lillian if you'd like to connect with her on LinkedIn and send her a personalized message. And reach out to the VA on Facebook and just tell them what an amazing job they're doing and thank them for their service. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting and Mark Capispeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster. I'm so grateful to both Rob and Mark for keeping the wheels turning in the right direction and I'm especially grateful to their service and their dedication in this time of the COVID-19 pandemic. Be well, dig deep, seek joy. Please stay safe, stay healthy, stay informed, take care of yourself and your loved ones. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from very cloudy and cold Santa Fe, New Mexico, and my very good friend and colleague Lillian Pryor bidding you goodbye from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, home of my sister and many members of my family. So Lillian, thanks again, and we will catch everybody on the flip side.